الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يوم لا ينفع مال ولا بنون إلا من أتى الله بقلب سليم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الدنيا حلوة خضرة وإن الله مستخلفكم فيها فينظر كيف تعملون فاتقوا الدنيا واتقوا النساء فإن أول فتنة بني إسرائيل كانت في النساء أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Allah Ta'ala has created numerous man only knows a fraction of the creation of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala what he doesn't know is far beyond what he knows Allah Ta'ala has created and all the various things that Allah Ta'ala has created each one Allah Ta'ala has put it in its cause and it fulfills its function. The various things that we see daily around us, the sun, the moon, these things have been placed on a certain cause, a certain function and duty they perform, and not one bit do they steer away from this direction that Allah has placed them in. We have never ever heard anywhere recorded in history that a certain day the sun rose one minute late or the sun set one minute early never has happened it's totally subservient and totally obedient to Allah Ta'ala in the function that it has been placed in and in this way all the other makhluqat insan this human being Allah Ta'ala created him Allah Ta'ala made him the greatest of all creation, Ashraf al-Makhluqat, the most honored. And this is by virtue of this intellect, this mind that Allah Ta'ala has given him. And by means of this mind, he has been given the ability to choose. فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا Allah Ta'ala has placed before him the choices after all this is a world which is a place of test and a test there has to be some challenge in it imagine if there's an exam somebody is writing an exam and the exam paper is dished out and together with the exam paper the model answer is there every student gets the exam paper together with the model answer question one he can flip over and find answer one and he can write the answer and then on top of that there's a prize that has been promised for anybody who comes out first. If somebody really comes out second still, then that person, Allah knows best what we will say on that. So the test has to be a test. There has to be some challenge in it. There has to be some question of some sort where he'll have to think deeply about it. So this world is a test also. And Allah Ta'ala has placed the choices and given man the ability to choose. 
Now he will choose what will benefit him in dunya and akhirat, that is to his benefit. And if he to take that which will harm him, that is to his detriment. So Allah Ta'ala created us, gave us this ability to think, to rationalize, to be able to make our choices. And Allah Ta'ala also spelled out what is the system that things will go by in this dunya. Now people make choices of various things, but those choices are motivated by something. A person doesn't make a choice without something motivating it. For example, a person has a choice between job A or job B. So now he gives preference to job A, something motivated it. There's more salary here, or the work is easier, or it is closer to home, whatever the better issues may be. There was something that motivated him to give preference to A over B. He's eating something, he decides he doesn't want to eat this, he wants to eat that. Why he chose that? Something motivated it. He is more fond of that food, he finds it more tastier. So something motivated it. So generally in life, we all are motivated to make some choices. The motivation is that we believe, whether rightly or wrongly is a different issue. That's the next issue now. But what we believe will bring happiness to us. What we believe will bring success to us. These are the two things. I believe this will make me successful, so therefore I choose it. Or this will make me happy, therefore I take it on. But whether that is the reality or not, that happiness will really come from it or not, that success will really come from it or not, that is another question. Like a child, the child feels that this particular liquid that is in this bottle, this looks very, very exciting. So now he found it somewhere, little child, three years old. So he says, this looks very exciting. Maybe if I, it's liquid, I drink other liquids, I drink water, I drink cold drink, juices. This is a liquid also. So this might be like them and this looks very exciting. So if I drink it, I'll get very, very happy. Meanwhile, that is poison. But he doesn't know the difference. He takes the poison and that leads to his death. So likewise, we sometimes make choices based on what we think is success in it. What we think will make us happy. Whereas, is really that something of happiness, that's a totally different issue. So the issue is, what is going to bring this happiness? The first thing is to understand that that happiness, where is it? Many a times, people think happiness is on the outside. So therefore, everything that can be done to make the outside happy, that is done. For example, the eyes get happy by looking at something that is good. One is the eye sees some bad scene. Like for example, Allah forbid, an accident scene. Body is thrown over and blood all over the place. Merely seeing it makes a person feel sick. And then if a person is standing at some place, there's a lush garden, beautiful flowers and scenery, the mountain in front of him, the river flowing, his eyes feel cooled by it. Human nature, Allah has created us that way. 
So the eyes, the comfort of the eyes are in these kind of good things that a person may see. The comfort of the ears in listening to something melodious. He listens to some qirat of the Quran Sharif in a beautiful voice recited. So he feels soothed by it. So likewise, these are things that comfort the body in some sense. But comfort in reality is not on the outside. That comfort on the surface is not comfort in reality. That comfort is comfort which comforts the heart. Imagine the same person at that same scene with all that beautiful flowers in front of him, that lush garden, that mountain, that river flowing, and the birds chirping, and all the other things that you want to add to that whole scene. Obviously, whatever is halal and permissible. But this person got news at that time that some very close person to him has passed away. Uh, he's still standing at the same spot. But does he enjoy that scenery for one bit also? He's, like he's, it makes no difference to him whether he's standing in that spot or he's standing in front of a blank wall. The whole scenery has lost its appeal for him. Why? Because the heart is in turmoil. And when the heart is in turmoil, then everything outside is of no use. But when the heart is at peace, the heart is in comfort, then the person in front of a blank wall also is comfortable, is happy. The heart is in turmoil, then the best food also is tasteless. The best food also placed in front of a person whose heart is in turmoil, that food is tasteless. And a person whose heart is at peace, then even simple food also, is full of taste. Hazrat Mawashah Abdul Ghani Pulpuri Rahmatullah he was once eating and our Hazrat Wala Hazrat Mawashah Kim Akhtar Sahib Rahmatullah was sitting with him. So he was eating simple dal. So he said to him that Hakim Akhtar Mudir to is dal se biryani ka maza hai. I am getting the taste of biryani out of this dal. Now simple dal person must be joking definitely. Can't be serious. That is what we will say. How can you get biryani taste out of simple dal? So he's saying, I'm getting this taste out of it. So I asked him, well, oh, he asked after it, do you know why? He said, why? He says, because I'm seeing that this is not just something that I'm eating. Allah Ta'ala is feeding me. My mind is focused on this reality. If Allah Ta'ala doesn't feed a person with something, can he ever eat one morsel also? But the heart was so content with Allah Taala that in the simplest of things also, life became such a pleasure, so enjoyable. So what the whole issue is, to the extent that the heart is at peace, the heart is comfortable, the heart is not in turmoil, to that extent the person will be enjoying a good life, a happy life, that happiness he's looking for he will achieve. But now the issue is, where is this happiness of the heart going to come from? Allah Ta'ala has created this world as a place of means, but the means are not the same for everyone and everything. For example, every living thing needs to be nourished. 
insan, he needs to have his nourishment. Animals also need their nourishment. All need to be nourished. So now an animal, one is a uh, lion, that lion will eat an animal, it just saw some animal and it pounced upon it and it devoured it. So now this insan saw this animal, this lion pounced on that bug and it devoured it. So he thought, well, subhanallah, so easy. Where all the long story of now taking this, going to wash that meat, then cooking it. I don't know when that will take place. I don't even have any pot to cook it. That lion ate it. I'll eat it also. So he went and got one buck somewhere, caught it, slaughtered it, and just now ripped into it, and he's eating it also. That animal can eat it, I can eat it. So what is going to be the end result? The end result is he's going to get sick. He might even become, it might be fatal for him. But he says, well, the animal can get nourished, so I can get nourished. He sees some dog chewing bones. And that dog is getting nourished by that. So he decides, well, that is also a living thing. It also needs nourishment. I also need nourishment. So I'll do the same. So anybody who sees him doing this, or they hear about his theory, and this is his way of analyzing things, then they will also make an analysis. This person needs an urgent appointment. If he's seeing some animal getting nourished in that way, he is uh, analyzing that in this manner, that if that animal can do it, I can do it. This is the analogy, like that one person, he was regarded as the wise person of the village. So one day some people came, and they said this chap climbed this tall tree, and now he can't come down. He managed to climb it, but now he just can't come down. He's too afraid to down, take any step. So we need to bring him down. How do we bring him down? He says, okay, let's go see what's going on. So he came there. So he looks at him. Now it's a tall tree. He's about 25 meters high up. And a thin tree. So he says, a very simple matter. Nothing serious about this. So he told the people, go and bring one long rope and come. So they brought a rope. Somehow they threw the rope up to him. He said, now tie this rope around your waist. So somehow he, while standing on that branch, he tied the rope around his waist. When the rope was tied, so now this very wise person on the floor, he tells the people around, now take this rope and tug it. <laughs> so they tug the rope. So when they tug the rope, the end result is obvious. That this person still had a chance on top of the tree. But by the time he came down, all the chances were over. He lost his life. Now everybody was very, very upset about this. How could you have... Uh, advise such a thing. You kill this person. So he says, look, his time was up now. Don't worry about that. This is something that I've done before and saved people's lives. His life went. His time was up. Last time that one person fell into the well, we tied the rope on him and pulled him out. So now we pulled him down. Same thing. That fellow came out safe and sound. This fellow dropped to his death. His time was up. Nothing else. So his analogy was that if you pull that person out of the well with the rope, and he survived, then you're pulling this person with a rope also, both are coming from a distance, whichever way, up or down, both is the same. That is his analogy. So anybody can understand that this analogy, how baseless it is, and how futile it is. Likewise, 
seeing that somebody else or that animal is getting nourished in that way, so therefore I will get nourished. It's obviously futile. Now these things are very, very clear cut. Any person understands it. That this analogy is wrong. So likewise, just as the animal is different, insan is different. And let alone animal is different, insan is different, even among the animals. One animal survives and is nourished on eating the filth. The swine survives on that. If the goat saw it and decided I'm going to follow suit, even that goat will die. Let alone animal and human being, within animals also, everybody is not nourished with the same thing. So just as these distinctions occur, likewise, insan, Allah Ta'ala has made different systems for mu'min and kafir. A disbeliever will engage in various forms of business, etc. He'll take interest, he'll sell haram, he'll sell alcohol and whatever else and he'll seem to be making a lot of money business will be booming for him so now Muslim sees it and he says well he's getting very wealthy with this and life seems to be very very good for him so I'll do the same so that decision will be like seeing that animal surviving or getting nourished on some filth and a person says well I'll do the same Allah Ta'ala has created dunya as a test. It's not always going to be so clear cut that a person pressed the switch and the light came on. But this test now is that this person is doing what is right. Apparently sometimes nothing is working out for him. That person is doing the wrong. It seems everything is working out for him. But this is where the test lies. That this dunya is a place of some test. Because dunya is a very temporary place. The real place is akhirat. A person has passed the test of dunya, now he will move to akhirat and enjoy everything. But what is required in dunya is that he just perseveres, he'll get that happiness in dunya also. And the real bounty is in the hereafter. Where that happiness will come? It will come in the heart. And from where it will come? It will come from the obedience of Allah. It won't come from anywhere else. All the other things are on the surface. But the heart is what is the king. And if the heart is in turmoil, everything else will be futile. It's like a person, his fingers got burned. So now the fingers are burning, so he put it in cold water. So he feels relieved for a while. Takes it out, he's burning again, he puts it in cold water, he feels relieved. But now he's got heartburn. So he's got heartburn, he's putting his fingers in water, he's going to help. The heart is burning, he can put the air conditioner on on whatever speed. But this is inside now. Comforting it from the outside is not going to help. So likewise, we try to comfort ourselves with a lot of things outside. But these outside things are only outside. They are fleeting, they are temporary. They can't give a person any kind of real comfort. And this is what shaitan's deception is. That shaitan deceives a person that just get caught up in these outside things, this will give you a lot of happiness. This will give you a lot of joy. Therefore, Nabi Salaam says that in dunya hulwatun khadiratun. That this world is very, very lush, very sweet, very tempting. 
very tantalizing. وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ مُسْتَخْلِفَكُمْ فِيهَا فَيَنْظُرَ كَيْفَ تَعْمَلُونَ Allah Ta'ala has placed you in this dunya as a test. Allah Ta'ala wishes to see how you're going to conduct yourself. So Nabi Islam says, watch out for two things. There's a test now. Watch out for two things. فَاتَّقُوا الدُّنْيَا وَاتَّقُوا النِّسَا Be careful about two things which will destroy everything. Beware of the dunya and beware of the fitna of woman. Beware of the dunya meaning where the temptations of dunya drag a person in haram. Earning a halal living is ibadat. Earning a halal living, a person does it with the correct intentions and he does it correctly. Then he will be raised with the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam on the day of Qiyamat. But where that takes a person now to cut corners. Sometimes we cut so many corners. One person, he was eating and somebody was seated next to him. So there was one samusa there. So now as he looked the other side, so the person sitting next to him thought, well, he's busy, let me just share his samusa with him. But I'll just cut some corners. So he cut the three corners. This person looked back, there was nothing left. So that is the kind of corners we cut sometimes. We say, oh, you just cut some corners, it's alright, don't, don't, not too much. But by the time we cut those corners, there's nothing left. Because the samusa has only got three corners. So the point is, the Nabi Islam is saying, beware of this dunya. Fattakud dunya. Wattakun nisa. And beware of the fitna of woman. And then Nabi Islam highlights this, that the first fitna that struck the Bani Israel was that of woman. In the ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala speaks about, فَمَثَلُهُ كَمَثَلِ الْكَلْبِ إِن تَحْمِلْ عَلَيْهِ يَلْهَثْ أَوْ تَتْرُكْهُ يَلْهَثْ In the tafsir of this ayat, Hazrat Wala has mentioned this detail in his kitab, Ruh Ki Bimariya, that in the Bani Israel, there was this one very pious person, Bal'am bin Ba'ura, he was somebody that was blessed with Isma Azam. The greatest name of Allah Taala. There's much commentary regarding it. What is really Isma Azam? But Isma Azam in the Hadith Sharif it comes, the person who makes dua by means of Isma Azam, then that dua is certainly accepted. And this Bal'am bin Ba'ura was that type of person. Any dua he made, all du'as a pious person makes are accepted, but those du'as, the effect of it is to become apparent as well, immediately. He made du'a for something, and next thing you could see it. So he had this ism azam Imam Ghazali rahmatullahi says, that ism azam is Allah. So ism azam is Allah. Bisharti an taqula Allah, wa laysa fi qalbika siwa Allah. He says, Allah is ism azam but the condition is that you say it from the heart in such a manner that at that time in your heart there is nothing but Allah. There is no Ghairullah in the heart at all at that time. That Allah that comes from that heart, that Allah has, that heart has said Isma Azam. So in any case, this Bal'am bin Ma'ura, pious person, this ability, Du'as are accepted. Allah Ta'ala revealed to Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, 
that this Jabbarin, this nation known as Jabbarin, you have to make jihad against them. These people became very worried that they are going to be now defeated because they knew they had no might against Musa and his army. So they found their way somehow and came to this Balam bin Bawra. And they said, look, this is what we've heard. You make dua against Musa He told them, what's wrong with you? What are you asking me to do? Can you think of your, what you're asking me to do? He's a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala and you are telling me to make dua against him? To make dua against him? Is this something that you, you're thinking correctly? So he told them this. So in any case, they went away. After a while, they came back without apparently for any other motive. Came along with a lot of gifts. This were not gifts, this was a bribe. But bribes come in various forms and shapes and sizes and ways and everything. So they came and gave him this lot of gifts. After a while, they came back and made the same request. And now, because the gifts were now rolling in, so his wife also now joined that same chorus. Now just do what they want now. So these are the two things Nabi Salaam warned, that the first fitna in Bani Israel was woman, but together with that Nabi Salaam says, فَاتَّقُوا الدُّنْيَا وَاتَّقُوا nisa." Fear this dunya and fear the fitna of woman. Now this wealth came, he got trapped in that. Wealth in itself is neither good nor bad. If it is earned in a correct way, it is used in a correct way. نِعْمَ الْمَالُ الصَّالِحُ لِلْرَجُلِ الصَّالِحِ How wonderful is halal wealth for a pious person. But if it is now going to become a hindrance to deen, to fulfilling the commands of Allah Ta'ala, then it becomes the biggest musibat. So he got trapped in that wealth already. And now in the love of his wife, though she is pushing him towards haram, he is pushing him towards making baddua against the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. He got, he lost his mind in that. And he got ready to do this. He then set out, set on his donkey, his mule or whatever, and now he set out to go onto the mountain and go and make dua there, baddua against Musa As he's going along, repeatedly that animal is falling down, just falling. He jumps off and he beats it to wake it up and again he's moving it forward. And this happens several times. Eventually at one point, Allah Ta'ala gave speech to that animal. The animal turns to him and says to him that what is the problem with you? You are pushing me forward towards, going towards that mountain and the angels are turning me back. Have you no, uh, have you no intelligence? Have you no brains? That you are going towards the destruction of yourself? He heard this with his own ears. But when this fitna of wealth and fitna of woman come and overwhelm a person, then the first thing that he loses is his mind. Allama Qurtubi rahmatullahi he said one little couplet, that إِذَا لَمْ يَكُنْ عَوْنُ اللَّهِ عَلَى الْفَتَى فَأَوَّلُ مَا يَجْنِي عَلَيْهِ أَقْلُهُ إِذَا لَمْ يَكُنْ عَوْنُ اللَّهِ عَلَى الْفَتَى That when the tawfiq of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala and the help of Allah ta'ala is not with a person, and that has been taken away, then the first thing that 
rebels against him is his own intelligence, his own mind. That he will be able to see with clear, with open eyes and in a clear-cut manner what is beneficial, what is harmful. And he will still take what is harmful. Person can explain it to him in any way, any language, any philosophy, and in no matter how beautiful a manner. But if the help of Allah Ta'ala has been taken away, that special tawfiq has been taken away, then the first thing that rebels against him is his own mind. He just cannot think. This doesn't make sense to him. No matter what a person may explain, how the person may spell out the harms, the destruction, he'll hear everything, and after everything, he will himself admit what is the problem, what is the destruction that is coming. He can see for himself, he'll be telling somebody, that look, I'm going to do this, I'm going to lose my whole family. I'm going to do this, I'll probably, I don't know what destruction I'll bring to myself. And he still does it, because that special help of Allah has been lifted, because of the sin. So, now this person, despite hearing it with his own ears, he leaves that animal there, and he continues on his own walking. Climbs the mountain, and he starts to now, making baddua against Musa al-Islam. Allah Ta'ala's Qudrat then came into effect or became apparent and now whatever he is trying to say against Musa Salam, those same words are now happening he is rather uttering those words against the Jabbarin he wants to say Musa Salam, but the name coming out from his tongue is Jabbarin so he started cursing the very people who put him up to make that dua so the whole dua went against them on the one hand, they were the ones that put him up to the destruction. They became the victims of it. His own azab became this in the dunya that his tongue came out of his mouth and hung right up to his chest. And permanently like that. And referring to this, the Quran Sharif says, فَمَثَلُهُ كَمَثَلِ الْكَلْبِ His example is like a dog. Can we imagine the Quran Sharif giving this example? The example of him is like a dog whether you put any weight on it or nothing, it'll just keep panting and his tongue will keep hanging. Now, when this became clear cut that now there's no way out, still the fitna didn't finish off. But this is the effect of when this shaitani fitna comes upon a person, then his mind just works in corrupt ways. Now he realized his own destruction, he called his jabbarin again. And he said to them, that look, now there's no way out. But one, you want to overcome the Bani Israel, the army, and the only thing left for you to do now is, you put all your women and girls out on the streets. And these people are away from home for a long time. So, you use your woman to entice them. These are the two fitnas. Fitna of wealth and fitna of woman. Neither wealth in itself is good or bad, and woman also can become the greatest of Allah Ta'ala's servants. And they can become the biggest support for a person in his deen. But if a person gets caught up in the fitna of a woman, then there is perhaps nothing else to match that fitna. Inna kayda kunna azim. The Quran Sharif says, on the one hand, when it comes to shaitan, the Quran says, "Inna shaitani kana da'ifa," that the plots and plans of shaitan are very trivial, very weak. 
shaitan's plots and, plots, uh, plots and plans, the Quran Sharif is saying, is very weak. And the plotting of women, the Quran Sharif is saying, inna kayda kunna azim, that the plots of women are very severe. Can we imagine? So now these people did that. Musa realized what is going on. And he told the entire Bani Israel army, be on your guard, be careful, otherwise you'll get destroyed. But eventually one person went and he got involved. As a result, a plague spread out. And 70,000 Bani Israel lost their lives. As a result of this. Now this is a fitna of women. And where the effects will go to. The whole nations will get swept away. Eventually all made Toba and sincerely repented and this plague was uplifted and this whole issue then subsided. But the lesson Nabi Sallallahu is giving us فَاتَّقُوا dunya, وَاتَّقُوا nisa. Now, we started off on this point that where this heart will get this happiness from. Generally, shaitan deceives us that get dunya in whichever way you'll get happy. However you want to get it. As long as you have, the more dunya you have, the more happier you'll be. So this is one deception that we get caught in. And the other is the fitna of woman. This is a very exciting thing. Just get into it. Nafs and shaitan trap a person into this. Whereas that is the, the best prescription for turmoil in a person's life. That is the best prescription for a person's life to be turned upside down. To get caught in the fitna of woman. So this is the lesson Nabi Islam is giving us. dunya nisa. Don't trust the nafs for one moment. Is nafs ammara ka koi barosa nahi e zahid. Ye farishta bhi ho jaye usse badguma rehna. This nafs ammara, don't trust it for one moment also. If this becomes an angel also, still have suspicion against it. Don't know when it will show its true colors. So these are the lessons that this happiness in the heart won't come with these things. Where the happiness will come in the heart from? It will come in the heart from the obedience of Allah. Wa ta'ala. Allah bi zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. With the remembrance of Allah wa ta'ala, do the hearts get peace? The remembrance of Allah ta'ala in reality is referring to the obedience of Allah. Ta'ala. The verbal zikr that a person makes, this verbal zikr is to bring him onto consciousness of Allah. Ta'ala. And when the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala is there, this will bring him onto the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. This is the need for the verbal zikr. Not just for saying something, but to develop this consciousness. Allah Ta'ala is with me. Allah is watching. Allah Ta'ala is hearing. Allah Ta'ala knows what is passing through my heart. And I cannot hide anything away from Him. And I cannot escape from Him. So therefore I need to conduct myself in a way that Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased. And when I will make Allah Ta'ala happy, Allah Ta'ala will make me happy. In tansurullah yansurkum, you help Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will help you. Meaning you help the deen of Allah Ta'ala. Likewise, you earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, make Allah happy, Allah will make you happy. Then a person's dunya, no matter what the circumstances are, his heart will be content. And the akhirat is the akhirat. What can it be imagined about the akhirat? A'adattu li'ibadi as-salihin ma la aynun ra'at wa la udhunun sami'at that I have prepared for my pious servants in Jannah what no eye has seen, no ear has heard of, and no heart can even imagine it. 
These are the ni'mats and the bounties that are waiting in Jannat. But this dunya is a test. During the test in the exam hall, there are some restrictions. Person has to abide by those restrictions, stay within those limits. Now he gets the pass mark. And now he gets the certificate. Now he's free forever. This dunya is an exam hall. There are some restrictions, some limitations. But this little mujahada a person will make, Allah Ta'ala will make this worldly life also a pleasure for him and grant him the everlasting bounties of the akhirat. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah. Decide the ruchri. Sallallahu <laughs> دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ 
اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار ناماسیہ تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بس تادم آخر ورد زبائے میرے الہ لا الہ الا اللہ 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہ اللہ جل جلاله عمن وانه رازرا غیر خدا محرم نہ بون 
ഇലാഹി ബന്ധനാനുസ്വാമകുൻ ഗർഭദമ്മൻ സിർവ്യമൻ പേതാമകുൻ ഇലാഹി ബന്ധനാനുസ്വാമകുൻ ഗർഭദമ്മൻ സിർവ്യമൻ പേതാമകുൻ ഹമ്മുഹമ്മുഹമ്മുഹമ്മുഹമ്മുഹമ്മുഹമ്മുഹമ്മുഹമ്മുഹമ്മുഹമ്മുഹമ്മുഹമ്മുഹമ്മു
This is your mercy and tolerance, Ya Allah. Allah alamin. Give us a tawfiq of those amal that will bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Save us from whatever will bring down your adab, Ya Allah. Allah alamin, Ya Allah, throughout the world, Ya Allah, spread the winds of hidayat, Ya Allah. Allah alamin, spread the winds of hidayat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, dispel and repel the forces of batil, Ya Allah. Allah alamin, remove all the forces of batil, Ya Allah. Allah alamin, all the, Ya Allah, sects that are deviating people, Ya Allah, remove them, Ya Allah. Allah alamin, grant hidayat to one and all, Ya Allah. Allah alamin, Ya Allah, you guide us to sirat mustaqim Ya Allah. Guide the entire Ummat to Sirat Mustaqim, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the fitna of wealth, Ya Allah. Save us from the fitna of women, Ya Allah. Ilahu Alamin, you protect us from all the sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save our eyes from sins, Ya Allah. Protect our ears from sins, Ya Allah. Protect our hearts from sins, Ya Allah. Protect us from the sins of the tongue, Ya Allah. Ilahu Alamin, Ya Allah, you keep us in your obedience every moment, Ya Allah. Ilahu Alamin, keep us in your obedience to our last breath, Ya Allah. Ilahu Alamin, take us with the kalima la ilaha illallah, Muhammad. Rasulullah, Ya Allah, take us on Tawbat and Nasuh, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, take us on Iman and Kamil, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah, grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, all those who have passed away from our families throughout the Ummad, Ya Allah, fill their covers with Noor, Ya Allah, make their complete Maghfirat, Ya Allah, give them the high stages of the Akhirat, Ya Allah, Ilahu Alameen, all those who are sick, give them Shifai Kamila, Ajila, Mustamira, Daima. Ya Allah, whatever difficulties anybody is in, Ya Allah, remove their difficulties with Afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant halal and tayyib risk to one and all, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Ilahu Alameen, Ya Allah, unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the hearts of families, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Ilahu Alameen, remove all the strife, Ya Allah. Remove all the evils, Ya Allah. Ilahu Alameen, Ya Allah, all the good that Nabi Islam begged for, Ya Allah, we also begging for all that good, Ya Allah. Whatever Nabi Islam sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you give us refuge as well, Ya Allah. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله